0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rare Petro Podcast Network, and today I'm very excited to bring you another episode of the Industry Leader Spotlight. Now, first things first, if you are watching the video on YouTube, thank you for that. If you're listening to the podcast, yeah, we do have a YouTube channel, good visuals, gets a little bit more personal with the faces, and get to highlight the key points. So I highly recommend you go there to check that out, but I've talked long enough. I would like to introduce today's guest, one of Really, all of our professors here at the Rare Petro office, Dr. Jennifer Musgimmins, welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Tamas It's a, yeah, I know. I'm, I realized that I did teach a lot of you. So
0: that's kind of fun. Absolutely not a problem. We are very thankful to have you, but Dr. Jennifer Musgimmins is the petroleum engineering department head at the Colorado School of Mines. She completed her undergraduate degree for petroleum engineering at Montana Tech before earning her master's and PhD from mines. As a heavily decorated SPE member and well-published academic, Dr. Miskimmons has contributed more than her fair share to the petroleum engineering community and continues to do so, and we are glad to have you. But the first question that we go for anyone on the show, I mean, how did you get into it? A lot of people, they grew up around the pump <laughs> rigs. What what was your exposure to the industry, and how did you get interested?
1: Um. So can I say a volleyball scholarship? <laughs> That'll work. Um, <laughs> well... You know, I I think anybody that gets into this industry, unless they do have some, um, you know, family history or some knowledge of it, I think we all find some very interesting paths. Um, Yeah, I literally, I was looking at engineering. I knew I wanted to be an engineer, Um, but I found my way to Montana Tech on a volleyball scholarship. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, found my way to an internship with a marathon oil company, Uh, found that I absolutely loved what I was doing. Um, It was the summer of my freshman year. And I guess, like they say, the rest is history. I I signed up for petroleum engineering and found myself with a degree and uh, started working in it and continue to love it. So um, it's uh it's it's I think it's one of those areas that you really do have to have a passion in. I, I think you know the cyclic up and downs that we deal with. Um, the the passion is pretty important. So no, I didn't I didn't have any really. I'm from Wyoming, but I didn't really have any background in in the oil and gas industry. Uh-huh.
0: Glad to hear that you haven't looked back since, but you are probably one of our more unique guests on the show. We have plenty of people involved in ENP. Had one person involved with finance, but I think you were the first of uh, like primarily academically centered person. So when do you think that in that field you became a leader? I mean, was it after your first published paper? Did it take a little bit more work than that? <laughs>
1: um uh, wow that's a great question um I think you know I don't think there's necessarily a, a specific point I think it just tends to happen over
0: time no epiphany
1: <laughs> yeah you know it, it's it's one of those where I, I guess maybe the time I realized it was when I got asked to uh to serve on the SP board of directors you know SP international board of directors I was like oh well okay maybe, maybe <laughs> something here um but yeah it's it it takes time I think it takes a you know a lot of like you say publications and and academics at least and and whatnot I think it takes a lot of networking Um, I think you which is a good thing right Uh, you meet a lot of people you start to get involved with things as you start to get involved with things you see other opportunities that you have and and things that you can do and um, yeah it just kind of adds up over time I guess. Mm
0: -hmm. And then, of course, you were one of my professors even this year when I recently graduated. So I haven't seen that many downturns professionally. This is my first. You, on the other hand, you've had a little bit more experience than me. How, did this, how does this downturn compare to the ones you've seen in the past?
1: Uh, yeah, I get asked that question a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I think it's tough. I think it's tough to tell from anybody that's been in some industry ups and downs. Um, just because the the COVID and the impacts on the uh, economy in general, um, worldwide, you know, it's not just a recession in a certain certain country or, or anything like that. This is something that's impacting worldwide. Um, I think with that would, to me, and, and when I talk to a lot of people, I think what it means is just maybe um, the cycle be a little longer um, on the, the downturn with the little longer to get to the upturn. Um, I do think it's going to, an upturn, Uh, you will hear a lot of people say, well, this might be the, you know, this might be the downturn to end all downturns. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same point in time, you know, for economies to recover, you have to have, uh, you have to have energy, you have to have the, you know, things that we're not doing now, like flights and that type of thing, start to kick back up a little bit. Um, So there will be a a pull out of it. I just don't think it's going to be as sharp as we've seen with some of the other downturns Mm -hmm.
0: And then definitely there is that global response. But you being an expert in the academia field, we kind of want to know, how do academic institutions respond to these downturns?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, yeah, I, I chuckled because when I took over as department head, that's about the time, formal department head, that's about time oil prices were hitting negative and sitting. <laughs> and uh, I'm not, I, it was an interesting time to take over a department. Um, you know, so what we see, and and you can track this. You can track enrollment in petroleum engineering departments very close to oil price. Um, in fact, the correlation is is almost scary. Um, how similar it is. The uh, the big thing that we see with most of it is uh, a delay. So, you know, oil price drops over a year, as you well know. You if you don't change your degree area and (laughs) make a very large decision, right? Because if you change that degree area, of course, obviously it, um, it impacts graduation and and that type of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, we see about a two year lag. And so we see a two year lag in, um, decreases and increases, which obviously means that that two year lag, uh, when it is a downturn, um, Leads to some pretty rough times uh, for people graduating and, and finding employment. Unfortunately, um, we're seeing that. We're seeing still some uh, some companies are hiring. We've there there are offers and whatnot out there, but compared to you know a few years ago when there was an upswing going, um, you know that's uh, that's obviously a difference. So um, I think most academic institutions, when we see something like this happening. Um, we try and help the students as much as possible. Uh, You know, we start calling in as many favors as we can about getting internships. We start, um, uh, Mines and some other schools I know have offered uh, what we call externships. So at least during the summer, um, students can take some, um, not credit based courses, but some opportunities to work on some uh, company data sets that we do in house with some faculty, Um, but, Work the students so that they can work with the companies or see the companies or present to companies and so kind of get their names out there a little bit. Uh, so, you know, enrollment's always something that's a little, um, little, little tough. Uh, <laughs> to see times like this, obviously, uh, we uh-huh. aren't seeing that. Um, then the two year lag on the upswings is the same thing. Um, you know, we see upswings and companies are coming and wanting to hire people, and there's just not as many people. hire hires they want so um yeah so you know pros pros and cons obviously um Mm -hmm. but about a two-year delay on on that
0: so yeah of course but i'm glad to see i mean there's positives to both sides even on the downturn there's those opportunities if you go and find them and then on the upturns everyone eats but as department head have you had to do anything differently? I mean, assuming that role, and then you reach a downturn. Do you have to redirect funds? Do you have to change the courses to try and broaden yeah. the skill set into something that maybe not so oil related? Or what changes have you been responsible for in this past year?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's
0: a great, great question. Um, yeah, I think the
1: big thing as as a department head, but also just as a faculty as a whole, um, we start to help work on that diversification of skill sets, right? So I, I firmly believe that anybody that succeeds and you 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 heard me say this, I think people that s- tend to succeed in downturns like this are the ones or that want to stay around in the industry are the ones that have a passion for it. So you know a lot of people don't want to completely change direction. They don't want to say I'm I'm done with the industry. I'm going some other way. Some people will, and, and that's, that's fine. Um, some people, though, fall in love with the industry and they want to stay with it. So they're looking to diversify their skill sets um, to complement the petroleum engineering aspect. So, in our case uh, here at Mines, we instituted a, a data analytics minor uh, about two years, almost three years ago now. Um, So a little bit, that was kind of after the the 2016-17 downturn, which was about the time that data analytics really started to take off, right? Um, But along those lines, we started a master's uh, certificate in petroleum data analytics this fall. And so what that is, is that's a uh, 12-credit, four-course program where somebody can get a certificate in uh, petroleum, specifically in petroleum data analytics, Which could be applied to master's degrees or it's just additional skills. And one of the things that um, we were planning on doing this anyway, uh, COVID accelerated it, but we went online with it. And so these are, you know, these are online courses. They're highly vetted online courses. We go through a pretty rigorous uh, process to get those um, in play. And uh, they are uh, uh, approved by the Colorado um, uh, Higher Learning. Commission, I think is what it's called. I can't remember, but anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, the, you know, those are things that that we've started to do. We've started to um, look to diversify what we as a department are looking at, um, things like, you know, what, what ties to petroleum engineering. So a lot of our research funding historically has come from industry. Well, we're looking at some aspects of things like geothermal, um, which could be industry, but it, there's Governmental funding in some of those areas. Uh, we've got a pretty big initiative at mines in general on uh, uh, CCUS, so um, carbon capture, underground uh, sequestration or storage. Um, those are areas that we, as faculty, are looking for research projects in. But we're also looking at to um, expand those skill sets, and so it's really about making people more marketable, um, given those opportunities um, out there.
0: Mm-hmm. And I want to build on something you mentioned. You talked about how there's that two-year curve, but if you offset it, it lines up pretty closely with pricing. What about higher education when people reach this downturn? I mean, I know some of my colleagues I graduated with, a lot of them go back into school. Is that a trend that's pretty popular? Do you see an increase in higher education?
1: It's a great question too. <laughs> Generally speaking, yes. Um, this year, perhaps not quite so much. Um, and a lot of that we believe is due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, that people are a little concerned about um, uh, academic institutions as far as, you know, do we go back now when a lot of minds were about in the spring, we're going to be about 70% face to face and hybrid. Um, but there are going to be some courses online. So some people might be saying, well, maybe I don't want to start my master's degree now, maybe not till um, fall, you know, 2021 or, or even spring 2022. Um, so in, you ask about differences, in <laughs> downturns, yes, we do tend to see people come back. Um, it's a place where, uh, you know, if, if they lose their job or they're, they're not finding one, um, increasing education obviously is something that, that can help with that. Uh, so we do in a lot of downturns see grad school applications increase. Um, this downturn, that's not necessarily held true. Uh, we've, we've seen more applications in some of like the data analytics. Or, so again, it's that diversification, maybe not coming back for um, a master's in PE, but maybe a master's in uh, maybe an MBA. Uh, we have a, mine's a, a really good um, engineering technology management um, that a lot of people uh, couple a, a PE degree with. So that's the one place that there are some interesting dynamics going on right now um that uh we're still trying to figure out
0: <laughs> yeah definitely a whole lot of factors at play a lot of uncertainty but hopefully something you can be certain of uh, a little bit of insider info maybe from within the industry or within the school our research cycles affected i imagine sometimes funding might dry up and you can talk about this again from industry or academic perspectives
1: yeah um so we see a little bit of the same cycle that we talked about with enrollment <laughs> On the research, it's just even more delayed. Uh, so what we see is industry uh, budgets tend to start getting cut. Things like travel budgets, training budgets, um, research budgets do get cut. So research projects are pretty long term for the most part. Um, usually a minimum of a year. Some you know sometimes we go up maybe to five year um, programs. So what we find is that companies will honor their commitments but they might not be ready to renew those commitments uh, when, when they finish up. So we're seeing a little bit of a, a lag, uh, even more so with the research, meaning we're staying busy with research. It's just a matter of, as companies have cut budgets in the last year, um, when might they rechannel channel uh, for some of the research? So that's from the industry aspect. Um, and, and some companies, we deal with a lot of companies. We deal with anywhere from the super majors um, to the smaller independents. And so it tends to be a little company specific in that too. So kind of general trends is what I'm talking about. Um, we do have some people that step right up and say, you know what, during a downturn is when we have a chance to look at something that, that we've been wondering about. You know, we've shut down our rigs, we've shut down our frac crews. Now is the time maybe to take a look look at what we're going to do differently from a research aspect before we kick off again in a year, six months, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we do have some people coming that are fitting in that mold. Um, However, probably some of the bigger projects uh, will be delayed until companies' budgets kick back up. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, U.S. government has another large area of funding for mines in general, um, and that tends to be really interesting right now because of some of the administration changes. So we're not sure what to expect there. Um, but the, you know, there, there definitely are some uh, calls, re- requests for proposal type of things that are coming out that um, Mines has an interest in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, again, some interesting dynamics going on, but definitely impacts. Uh, we just learn to deal with cycles. in yeah.
0: Everything we do. <laughs> so and then with that political influence, do you kind of see the types of projects that companies or government bodies that they want? Does it change and shift perspective from maybe less of maximizing production to carbon sequestration?
1: Yep. Yeah, we do. Uh, especially on the governmental side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Department of Energy gets funding for certain uh, certain projects. And um, yeah, uh, one of the bigger projects right now out there is a uh, it's a geothermal project in Utah um, that their uh, proposals are in right now decisions are being made right now um, but that's a, a very large uh, project that's come out um, you know in the last well it's kind of an outshoot of a project that was about five years ago started um, we see definitely some differences in uh like uh, you know, whether calls are for unconventionals or whether they are for enhanced oil recovery and conventionals or you know in CCUS. Yeah. It's uh it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to to see how that goes. The problem is not a problem, but um, there's a definite <laughs> lag, right? So government academics are slow, government's probably the next slowest. So um there are some lags there to to deal with. But yeah, we see some, there's
0: definitely influences. Mm-hmm. And then what things? When we come out of this downturn, do you think we'll change about industry? Will there be anything significant, or will we go, Ooh, we made it through business as usual"?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that that old saying, right? Please, please just give me another boom, and I and I promise not to to waste it. <laughs> um, I think there will be some differences. So, so probably some of the bigger differences that we see now are more the political. Um, push on companies, right? Um, so ESG type of influences on, um, on investment and on investment communities, uh, companies are going to need to, at least some of the multinational ones are going to be looking at things like what some of the companies already are with BP and Shell and, and, um, Equinor announcing some of their, um, approaches to to carbon and carbon credits and and energy transition. So I think we're going to see that continue to be um, something that has maybe been accelerated a little bit uh, by some of the economies that we're sitting in right now. So um, I think we're going to still educate petroleum engineers, but I think that petroleum engineer is going to need to have some more skill sets to to deal with um, some of these opportunities, really. Um, You you can view things as threats. You can view things as opportunities. And I I think taking that um, uh, approach of looking at them as as future opportunities, uh, yeah. So, you know, how are we going to approach that? Um, There's probably going to be some more a uh, business acumen type of class work that's coming into play. Um, I think we've always at Mines done a pretty good job on sustainability and, and license to operate, but I think that's going to be much more of a continued focus. So there's the, if you want to think about it, the more soft skills aspects, um, but the hard skills aspects, I, I think we're going to continue to build things like, you know, how, did, how does a geothermal well differ? From a drilling of a hydrocarbon well. Um, mm-hmm. What is CCUS and, and how does that play a role? Um, enhanced oil recovery and unconventionals and, and some of these. So, so yeah, I think, so I, I guess the summary to your answer is, yeah, um, it's going to change subtly over time. We're not going to just throw our curriculum out and, and institute a new one next year, um, but there are some subtle changes like that that we're going to, we have started already making. Um, Yeah. So, you know, the degree that you walked out with will be the same degree somebody will walk out with in four years as far as in name, uh, but maybe just some, you know, different approaches in some of the classes.
0: Mm -hmm. And then clearly, enrollment, hot topic of this discussion. Do you see in the future past this downturn? Of course, you said there was that correlation, but if things get better, Well, I guess I'll just be direct with my question. Do you think the public opinion has been impacted enough that fewer and fewer petroleum engineers will enroll or will there always be those people seeking opportunity?
1: I think there will always be those people seeking opportunities, I do. Um, I will also say that there's definitely been an impact on enrollment and how people approach it. Um, uh, You know, uh, we are having to maybe recruit a little bit more even in the downturn Mm -hmm. create a little bit more um the reasons for going into petroleum as we discussed there's some passion stuff but there's also some salaries and and some of those benefits um those might not carry as much weight in the future uh so you know it's it's thinking about how you're improving quality of life how you're giving uh providing energy to the to the future whatnot but yeah we're I do believe we're going to have to see it, which means that we as a department are going to have to, um, you know, acknowledge it and find mm-hmm. how we're going to change too.
0: And then I know you're very busy today, even with some students graduating. So we'll try not to take up too much more of your time, but the last thing we like to ask people, and I'm sure you get asked quite frequently, what advice do you have for those younger professionals? Maybe they didn't graduate this year. Maybe they've been in the business for three, four, five, ten 10 years and... They're looking to jump ship or change. I mean, what can you tell those people who might need a little bit of a kick in the butt and some advice, <laughs> some cheering you know, up? Yeah. Um, I, I,
1: I, you know, I think it goes back to what we've talked about, and and it's easy to to sit here in the world of academics, where <laughs> you know, we are perhaps in the, the ivory tower and whatnot, but it it will get better. I mean it has to it's everything points to it the you know the the pandemic yeah that's obviously a, a big issue but you know the vaccines are coming out now um economies will start to pick back up the world needs energy it needs energy and so um you know is everybody going to be able to find that you know if, if you write up a job description of this is where i want to be and this is where i want to be working and this is what i want to be doing is everybody going to be able to do that No, probably not. But I do believe um, that petroleum engineers are gonna be needed. Um, When you couple some of the losses in our industry of um, jobs in the past year, combine that with, we're still dealing with the, uh, whatever you wanna call it, gray hair syndrome of, of people retiring from the industry. And the fact that many of those layoffs uh, have also have been associated with packages where people um, that are later in their careers are leaving. There's a pretty nice sweet spot in there, which you know, given again, it's it's going to take a little bit of time, but there's going to be a lot of knowledge loss in the industry that needs to be backfilled, um, and those opportunities are going to be there. Uh, it's it's just a little bit of a waiting game right now. And, <laughs>
0: I like it playing the long con. And again, we do appreciate yeah. your time with us. And it's only fair that we allow you a little bit of a platform to, well, plug any of the organizations you're involved in, whether that's mines, SPE, or anything else.
1: Yeah. Well, you hit on the two right there. <laughs> <laughs> so so mines. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, there's, you know, there's some good opportunities we got right now. We're we're pretty proud of the new petroleum data analytics certificates that are that are available. Uh, we have one of the the gentleman that's teaching those classes for us right now is a guy by the name of Jim Crompton. And, and Jim is uh, recently of Chevron, but to give you an idea how he's thought of an industry, he won the SPE International Award in that particular area um, last year. So we're, we're pretty proud to have him, pretty lucky that he decided to retire to this area. Um, so yeah, we've got some good opportunities. Uh, there's a, other classes at Mines that are online. Um, that, you know, if, if somebody is looking to maybe expand their knowledge in a certain area, um, you know, that's a good good time maybe to do it. Uh, you know, and I, yeah, I'll plug, I got to plug SP because I, I spend a lot of time, you know, SP is struggling. Um, it's, our, it's our main technology transfer area in our industry. And, but when you're an organization that's built on um, face-to-face meetings, uh, pivoting for some of that has been a, a, a challenge. Uh, but I think SP is doing a really good job with some of the members in transition um, opportunities they're putting out there. There's a lot of webinar content, a lot of information that's out there for free now for members um, that never has been available before. Uh, so it's a good time to maybe take advantage of a little bit of that, too, and, and, and you know, uh, attend what you can. So, um, uh, so yeah, so I appreciate that. Thank oh, you. Of
0: course. I mean, you heard it here, everybody. It's not going to last forever. It might last longer than we'd like, but it will end, and there are opportunities to learn more, to grow, to diversify your skill set. So please join us as we move forward, the whole petroleum community. Get involved with SPE. Maybe look at mine's programs and see what you can do to be better prepared by the time you get out of this. So again, our thanks goes out to Dr. Miss Skimmins, and until we see you next time, take care, everybody.